Hey, it's Dr. Whitney. I'm an author, a coach, and a mama to two growing girls. Yep, I do it all. Well, actually, that's not true. I used to do it all. Now, I only really do the things that matter most to me. If that feels too good to be true, it's not. Here's the thing. Before I became a mom, I was totally thrilled with the idea of doing everything and being everything to everyone. I was told that if I just kept swimming, everything would work out fine. But I was dead wrong. Hustle culture, perfectionism, and the endless hamster wheel of work mom life weighed me down. That feeling of never giving enough but having absolutely no more to give brought me to my knees. My first daughter, who was diagnosed with autism this year, was an endless well of needs. My relationship with my husband was full of more resentment than love. Our second daughter felt left in the dust and told me one day she thought I didn't love her. But I couldn't get off the roller coaster of my working mom life. I was heartbroken, but I was also exhausted and hardly ever the joyful present mom or career woman I always thought I'd be. Making time for activities that fed my soul on a regular basis? <laughs> what time for that? And as a result, I wasn't as effective at my job. I didn't show up as my best self at the office. My performance suffered at home and at work. Do you identify with that? To feeling completely overwhelmed and overworked? To drowning in mental clutter and a sea of stress? To wishing you had more to give at the office and at home? That was me burnt out and ready to call it quits until I decided I couldn't juggle that demand, those heavy burdens of life, of motherhood in the workplace without a sustainable system I could use to get off and stay off the hamster wheel. So I created a framework that worked for me, but also for all the other caregivers I connect with in my clinic and online. And now I coach career-focused caregivers to organize their stress and clear their mental clutter so they can live purposeful, aligned lives. I help overwhelmed moms get off the work-life home hamster wheel so they can be the parents, partners, people, and professionals they always dreamed they'd be. Are you ready to live a more joyful, productive, and mentally uncluttered life? To give more without draining yourself? To spend your time, energy, and focus on what matters most to you so you can thrive and everyone around you can too? Then go to modernmommydoc.com and click on coaching so you can be part of the momversation. Welcome to the Modern Mommy Doc Podcast. I'm Dr. Whitney Caceres. I'm a full time pediatrician and a full time modern mom. I speak and write about equipping mamas to raise resilient, healthy children and to invest in their own social-emotional health along the way. Each week, we'll give you the practical tools you need to win at parenting without losing yourself. Welcome to the Modern Mommy Doc 
podcast. Today, my guest is Colleen Cutcliffe from Pendulum. And this is a great episode because part of this episode is based off a personal experience that I've had with Pendulum. So I'm so excited for Colleen to be here. And Colleen, let us know more about Pendulum and about the story behind it because it's a really exciting story. Well, thank you so much for having me. And I'm always excited to talk about the latest and greatest in microbiome research, but, you know, kind of what got me started. Well, first of all, my background is in basic science research. So I have a PhD in biochemistry and molecular biology from Johns Hopkins. I did a pretty traditional postdoc at Northwestern. And then I moved out to the San Francisco Bay Area, where I worked at a pharmaceutical company. We were developing drugs for Parkinson's disease. And then I kind of did what everybody does in Silicon Valley. I joined a startup company. (laughs) So the company went through rapid growth. It went public. And on the other side of that, it was a DNA sequencing company. On the other side of that, I started this company with two co-founders. And the premise for the company was really two things. One was we were at a DNA sequencing instrument company. And at the heart of microbiome science and research is being able to DNA sequence your microbiome. And so we had really strong technical knowledge about how could you create a map of a person's microbiome? And then how could you understand how that person's microbiome relates to the to the person's body of the host? And so From a scientific standpoint, it was the ability to create new data and really understand what role the microbiome can play in health. And then on a personal level, as I was learning more about the microbiome, I realized that my daughter was likely very impacted by her microbiome experience. So my first daughter was born almost two months prematurely. She was four and a half pounds when she was born. I got to hold her for a couple of seconds, and then she was taken to intensive care. She spent the first month of her life hooked up to all these machines and monitors and receiving multiple doses of antibiotic, not because she had an infection, but because she was so fragile that, you know, it's prophylactic. They don't want them to get an infection. So one of the things that, so she got these multiple doses of antibiotics. And one of the things I noticed about her as she got older was that she had these food sensitivities that the rest of us in our family don't have. She was having a hard time with dairy. She was always trying to look for, you know, plant-based foods and things like that, just because even as like a five-year-old, she knew that these certain foods would cause her GI distress. Mm -hmm. And this publication came out around that same time where they looked at all these infants and they showed that babies who were on a lot of antibiotics later on in life were more susceptible to obesity and diabetes. And it kind of started with being sensitive to certain foods. That study was recently repeated by the Mayo Clinic, and they showed that kids who are on a lot of antibiotics are not just prone to obesity and diabetes, but they're also more prone to things like allergies, asthma, celiac disease, autism. And so there's just this early start to life where you take an antibiotic and you decimate your microbiome that sets you up for a lifetime of depletion, really. And so mm-hmm. for me, it felt like, oh my gosh, we could create products that could help millions of people, including my own daughter. We got to at least try. And so that's kind of what got us started in this now a little more than 10 years ago. Now, I love the microbiome because A, I'm a science nerd. And, you know, as a doctor, like I can't help it. I just love all these like nitty gritty things about how the cells work and how everything works. But I also have been geeking out so much on how the microbiome influences so many things. How when our babies are born. If your mom had a C-section, if you have a C-section and your baby's born, then that affects the microbiome. If your mom had a C-section, so like not you're the one delivering the baby, but your mom had a C-section, that that affects it. If that mom had antibiotics, if you've had antibiotics, if the baby had antibiotics, 
so many things that come back to the microbiome and so many people that are trying to work on addressing this issue. What makes what you all are doing at Pendulum different than all the other people who share this same interest in the microbiome and in making it better for so many people? Yeah, well, I think, you know, at a just to be totally honest, when we think about these therapeutics companies that are developing microbiome interventions and drugs for things like IBD and and you know, C difficile infection, we're not that different in the way that we approach this, right? We're we're doing DNA sequencing, we're doing biochemical assays, we're doing preclinical and clinical trials, and we're just trying to understand what are the pathways of the microbiome that are able to impact human health. I would say if, you know, compared to some of the probiotics companies out there that are using the already kind of on the market lactobacillus and bifidobacterium strains, we're quite different. I mean, we've invested a lot of money in clinical trials and creating novel interventions. So that's sort of the difference. And, and I would say maybe the biggest thing is that we've really honed in on a specific problem, which is how our body metabolizes food and the gut metabolism axis. Mm -hmm. And so very selfishly, I care very much about metabolism of food. I think we all can remember a time where we could eat or drink whatever we wanted to. We didn't have to worry about it. And as we age, we don't need science or a doctor to tell us that our metabolism is slowing down. We know that that's happening. But what we maybe don't know that's happening is that as we age, we lose certain gut microbes. As we go through periods of intense stress, we lose certain gut microbes. When we travel and our circadian rhythm gets messed up, we lose certain microbes. And for us women, when we go through menopause, we lose certain microbes. And so there are things that are happening for us just as part of the aging or just being a human being alive that are causing us to lose these functions. And it turns out that one of these key things is how our body metabolizes sugars and carbs. And so literally, this is what we've really focused in on is how our body metabolizes sugars and carbs, and how can we use the gut microbiome to replenish people in these gut bugs that actually literally do this metabolism for you. Yeah. So let me doctor explain this to people that are <laughs> that are less nerdy than you and I about what this means. Okay. So the first thing that I heard you say is that not all probiotics are created equal, that it can be very, very different in terms of effectiveness, depending on what is actually inside the probiotic. The other thing that I heard you say is that the targeting of what Pendulum is trying to do is very specifically aimed at metabolism. So I've I've heard you explain it like, you know, you could have like great gasoline that you put into the car, but if like, so that could be like the food, but if you have like a shitty engine, it's not going to make much difference as to if the car runs well. So talk first about the specific components of the probiotic that make a difference, how the the things that are out there on the market that are kind of become like the most generic and mainstream maybe aren't as effective for patients or for people. Yeah. And maybe just to take it one more step further, there's some vocabulary that's sometimes really confusing. So there's prebiotics and there's probiotics. So prebiotics are literally the food that feed probiotics and probiotics are the bacteria themselves. So if you go to the, you know, into the aisle of pre and probiotics, sometimes they're kind of mixed together. And so when you see things like fibers and polyphenols, those are prebiotics. And when you see things that have live bacterial strains or CFU counts, these are probiotics. And if you start to look at the label of these, you'll 
begin to very quickly notice a pattern, which is that pretty much everything out there, when you look at the label, these strains all start with either lactobacillus or bifidobacterium. That's it. That's a very small category of microbes compared to all the different microbes that are actually in our gut microbiome. Mm -hmm. And so those strains do certain functions. If you've ever thought like, well, gee, what's the difference between these probiotics? The fact is there might not be actually a difference between them because when you look at the label, you'll see the ingredients are more or less the same. So I think what we're really focused on are some of these novel strains that you really won't find anywhere else. And one of the key ones that I'll point out is called Acromancia mucinophila. And so Acromancia is really emerging as this keystone strain. It's the only bug that actually lives in your gut lining. And so think about your gut lining, it's like a fence. So I have a fence in my backyard and you know your fence has these different, I have a wooden fence, so it has all these planks. And then there's kind of the glue between the planks that keeps them really strong. Over time and weather and things like that, your planks can start to weaken, that glue can start to weaken and planks can fall down. Your gut lining is literally exactly the same. You have these planks, these cells, and they're held together by glue called tight junctions and mucin. And you have this mucin layer, which is the glue that has to be regulated. We, you, you literally have of Acromancia's job is all day and all night to sit at that fence and strip the old glue away and put new glue on to keep these planks really strong. And so this is a strain that it's the only one known to live in the gut lining. And it's the only one that's known that that's its only job is to keep your gut lining strong. And what's also known is that if you are depleted in it, that is correlated with things like obesity, diabetes, increased inflammation, your immune response isn't as strong as it should be, even bad skin, which is associated with in your inflammatory response. And so it's such an important thing to have the right gut lining, a fortified gut lining. So that's one of the ones that I think hopefully over time, it's it's sort of a mouthful, acromancia, but hopefully over time, people will start to recognize like that's something that I really want to have in my gut. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. And then talk about the piece about this helping with metabolism, about metabolizing sugars. I know, like you mentioned this in the very beginning, that part of the reason that you developed this is because there was some relationship with the diabetes community and with keeping sugars under control there. But now you're seeing this could be something that could be applied to the population at large, potentially. Absolutely. So when you think about it, everything that we eat goes to your gut to get digested. And so you have these bugs that we've evolved with over time that digest, help you digest your food. And literally there are certain foods that we all eat that we can't even digest. We need our bugs to digest them. And what we found was that some people are lower entirely missing these bugs. So when we think about metabolism, there is, you know, metabolic health, which we're all trying to aspire to be as metabolically healthy as possible. And then the other end of the spectrum is metabolic disorders or metabolic syndrome, which is also known as type two diabetes. And so we said, okay, well, let's start the research at the side where people are really have metabolic syndrome. So they have diabetes and they're missing these functions. They cannot metabolize sugars. Literally, it's, it, you know, I grew up in the deep South. It's called like the sugar disease because yeah. <laughs> your body can't process sugars. And so we started there and we created a formulation that actually helps people with diabetes metabolize sugars and lower their A1C. And from there, it turns out that we're all kind of a little bit on this spectrum of metabolic health with having metabolic syndrome being at one end. But then, you know, all along the way, as we think about weight gain and we think about, you know, prediabetes, so, you know, healthy obesity, prediabetes, type 2 diabetes. Diabetes, we're all like kind of somewhere on this spectrum. And that having a ton of these gut bugs that are helping these people with metabolic syndrome 
actually helps all of us who are trying to improve metabolism of sugars and carbs. And then just as like a side note, you know, there's two ways to help your body. One is to like not eat sugars and carbs and the other is to help your body metabolize them. And so we're really in that second camp of how do you improve the way that your body metabolizes these foods so that you don't have all these really negative outcomes. So, okay. I love this because half of the work that I do at Modern Mommy Doc and for the moms that are listening is about this idea of working smarter, not harder. So there are certain things that we can't avoid in life. There are, you know, stresses of our kids have to get to school on time. There are things like we have pandemics. There are things like work can be stressful when I'm seeing patients there, but there are some things that we can control. So there is, I could make sure that I'm not in a huge rush on my way out the door to take the kids out. There are is the fact that when I have the pandemic, I could make sure that I'm taking care of myself by going out on walks. There are efficiency and productivity hacks so that when I'm at work, I can get my notes done faster. So I really consider this in that same vein of for moms, you cannot control the hormone shifts that happen after you've had a baby and the fact that your body is just different after you've given birth and become a mom. You can't control aging. I mean, as much as we want to, <laughs> we haven't figured out so far how to like preserve ourselves at the age of 25. That change in metabolism that you talked about is going to happen as you age. That's just a part of life, but you can control then what your body does with what you consume. And to be totally honest, like I don't want to give up having sugar. I don't want, I want to make sure that I'm eating as healthy as possible, but I know that as part of life, there's going to be birthday celebrations. Last night I had a sweet tooth and I wanted a caramel with some nuts in it. You know, like <laughs> that's going to happen. So what we're talking about here is, of course, trying to do the basics of taking care of yourself, of eating well, of having your circadian rhythms be as consistent as possible. But then also when things do get out of whack or when just the waves of life come at you and age come at you, trying to optimize your metabolism in light of those things. Is that right? Am I getting that right? It really is. It really is a, a life hack to help you, you know, get through all of these things that are depleting your microbiome. And you're really just trying to give yourself back these good bugs and help your metabolism. I mean, if anybody has ever gone on a diet where you've tried to cut out all your carbs or you've tried to cut out sugars and things like that, I mean, I don't know how long anybody can do this, but I, I feel like I know everyone has at least tried it. It's super hard to do. But what almost everybody will report is when they do this, they actually experience things that they were not expecting to experience. So a lot of people say like, oh my gosh, I had so much more energy or I slept better or I didn't have as much brain fog. And those are outcomes that are a result of actually, you know, better metabolism. Mm -hmm. And so what we're saying is we understand that Girl Scout cookie season is going to come around every year. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, so, and we're all going to become consumers of Thin Mints during that time. And so I think that it's okay. It really gives us also uh, an ability to forgive ourselves for mm -hmm. consuming things that we have cravings for and that are just part of, you know, social life and that you're giving yourself an opportunity to metabolize those better. And one of the outcomes of that is that it's very hard to know if you're metabolizing your sugars better. You don't really feel like, oh, well, I just metabolize that sugar better. But what you do feel, and this is what we hear people talking about that are on our products, is that 
is all those other side benefits. So we do hear people talk about better energy, better workouts. They don't get that post-lunch slump. 70% of our customers have reduced sugar cravings from being on the product. And there's this whole relationship between your gut and your brain, where if you're metabolizing sugars better, your brain, your gut is basically telling your brain, like, we're good here. And I think that is a huge part of the guilt that maybe a lot of us carry around being told, well, you just don't have the self-restraint to be able to not eat these things. And a lot of it is biologically, we're being told we're hungry. And so giving yourself these hacks and these ability to improve the way that your your body is telling you about cravings and the way it's metabolizing foods. I mean, I this that's why I started the company. I take the products every day. And you know, it's something that we want to be able to bring to the world. Mama, it is here and available for download. It's the new Modern Mamas Club app. We are so ready to join you on your personal journey from conflicted to centered. We want to take you on an evidence-based path from feeling conflicted all the time, from feeling pulled in all kinds of directions, from feeling burnt out to feeling really purposeful and aligned. As you move through your working motherhood experience, no matter what is happening around you. So go check it out in the App Store. So let's talk about that guilt piece because I think that's absolutely happened for me. I know that happens with so many moms. Like, like, why is this so hard for me? And there must be something wrong with me, not only when it comes to eating and with sugar cravings, but but that is part of it. I remember <laughs> I was on a like night away with my husband and I was drinking a smoothie. And I was saying to my husband, I wasn't even looking over at him. I was saying to him like, oh man, gosh, I just don't, don't understand. Like, I feel like I'm trying to like eat healthy. I feel like I'm trying to do all the right things. And still my genes, I feel like every couple of months, it's like going up. And my husband looks over and he goes, you know, it's just that I feel like the workouts, maybe they need to be like with the right and the right heart rate zone, whatever. And like, you know, just like eating healthier. And I look over, I didn't even realize I had gotten the smoothie from the grocery store and he had gotten a thing of like fried chicken wings and was eating the fried chicken wings over there. And little miss, like Mr. Like skinny pants over there was having a great moment, you know? So half of this is about things that we can't control and that we feel so guilty about the fact that we feel like we can't find a solution to fix it. I tried the products and you all know that I am very selective about anybody that I bring on the show that's a brand and not wanting to really promote anything that I feel like is quackery or not good science or would lead people astray. And I have to say that my energy level is significantly higher on it and that my sugar cravings are significantly lower. And I just feel better. I feel like that... I know Holly Berry is a person that works with you guys and that she said like, my stomach looks flatter on this. I, I have 100% seen that. And yeah, it's it's been pretty crazy. So I'm not surprised actually that a lot of your customers are saying those exact same things. 
Yeah, it is amazing when you kind of, that, that's why I think metabolic health is going to become something that we talk more and more about because when you can solve for that, it shows up in all these different ways. And, you know, I'm a scientist by training. And so, and I always think like the chef should eat their own cooking. So when we first started making this product, I wore a continuous glucose monitor. I don't have prediabetes or diabetes, but I know that our ability to metabolize sugar gets worse as we age. Mm-hmm. And so I wore a continuous glucose monitor. I took placebo pills and then I took the actual ones and I told the team, like, don't tell me which one's which. But I knew when I was on the product because I had better workouts. They were just stronger. I felt stronger. I had more energy for them. And so it is different for everybody. And the food cravings is a huge one. It's a huge one. And it's something that we all live with. And I'm not saying you're, you can solve your cravings and you won't ever, you know, crave bad things again, you know, but any little boost we can get or any little help we can get on that front, I feel like is helpful. Yeah. Now, tell our listeners about some of the organizations that you're working with. I know you've worked with the Mayo Clinic. I know there are a lot of, like, I don't know how many, but there are studies now that you have to prove that this is a product that can be really helpful for some populations. Yeah. Well, so first of all, when we started this company with every investor that we took money from, we told them we're never going to commercialize a product unless it actually works. And that was a leap of faith that our investors took with us. But we were very transparent up front. I mean, I decided a long time ago, health is where I want to make my mark. I'm, you know, if I just wanted to make money, I certainly wouldn't have gone down this road. (laughs) Me either. I wouldn't have gone down my road either. (laughs) Exactly. And so I think We've always been very grounded in scientific and clinical evidence and wanting to create products that really transform health. And so as a result, we've ended up with, you know, really, really great backers and people who are deep in microbiome science wanting to partner with us. And so actually the first people who invested in us were the Mayo Clinic. They have invested in us at every one of our rounds. We are in the pharmacy at the Cleveland Clinic. So they had several folks over there try the product. And then they said, oh my gosh, I have to make it available to our our patients. So they just have us in their pharmacy. We are used by Kaiser physicians. And so we're really, and then we are collaborators with Johns Hopkins. We do a bunch of you know basic science research with them to understand the microbiome and how this is all really working. So we're very much embedded with academic and clinical institutions because this is still a new science. And we are still trying to uncover what are all the different ways we can help people improve their health. But it's been awesome to get to partner with kind of the, the best of the best to advance all of the knowledge out there. Yeah. Yep. Important to me, right? Because there are so many people out there peddling. There's so many people where it's not in a pharmacy. There's so many people where it doesn't have the scientific backing. So you guys, I guess this is my plug in general for all of you listeners. (laughs) Make sure that the products that you're using, whether it's for this or for anything else, look at the research behind it. Try to figure out what what are the associations or the collaborations that these people have. Tell me and tell our listeners, there are two main products that you have on the market, talk about the different products themselves and kind of what are the options for moms who are interested in really optimizing their metabolism. Well, just to go back to your comment about trying to make sure things are scientifically based, I will tell you that's one of my biggest challenges because even as a scientist, when I look at some of these different websites and these different products, it seems like they're scientifically founded, but they're not necessarily scientifically founded. So I'm wondering what tips you have. Now I'm just selfishly asking you this. (laughs) What tips you have for or being able to parse out when someone says science backed, is it actually science backed or is it the same as all the other stuff out there? 
Yeah. Okay. That's a great question. So number one, if it's somebody just in your Facebook group who is recommending something (laughs) and it doesn't have, when then when you go to the website, it doesn't have anything about any type of science or it says like only about the patient experience, because I love what you said about the patient experience, but that's different than having there be an actual clinical study that's associated with it. So to me, the customer experience is an augmentation in terms of what the data is out there of what the product really does, right? So make sure that not every single thing that you're making your decision on is only based off of reviews or only based off customers. That is an amazing place to start, but it's not the end all be all. Number two, look at what organizations have associated with the product. So if the product is associated with the Mayo Clinic, if it's associated with Stanford, it's associated with John Hopkins, that is a great place to start to think like, okay, this is probably a company that's trying at least to be legitimate. You can also contact companies and you correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm sure you're happy to send people links. You can contact companies to say, Hey, can you send me the link? You said that there's some studies on here. I'd love to find out more. So you can do your own research by talking directly to the company. If you don't understand what the research says, if it's a product that's for your child, your pediatrician can help you look at the research. I've had plenty of parents ask me that about skincare. I've had plenty of patients ask me that about different supplements that are out there on the market. If it's an adult product, so it's for you like this product, then going to your own physician, they can look at the research as well. Now, they're not going to do a deep dive for five hours, but they can at least say, yeah, this isn't a reputable journal. Yeah, this looks like this is something that's really promising for people. So those are kind of the three ways that I would go about making sure that you're looking at something that seems like it's actually going to be a good fit for you or for your family. Yeah, that makes a ton of sense. It's sometimes it's so hard to sift through things. You just stand there at Whole Foods looking at all these different boxes. Yes. <laughs> Where do I start? So that's super helpful. So so in terms of you know what we have created, the the first product that we created, as I said, was really for people with type 2 diabetes. And to your point about publications, we ran a placebo-controlled double-blinded randomized trial published in BMJ, which is kind of one of the premier clinical journals, showing that for people with type 2 diabetes, that were on this product, which we call pendulum glucose control, they were able to, compared to placebo, see that they lowered their A1C by 0.6. And just for frame of reference, that can be the difference between having diabetes and not having diabetes. Mm -hmm. And so it lowered A1C by 0.6, it lowered blood glucose spikes by 33%. And so so if you have type 2 diabetes or you've got pre-diabetes and you want to, you know, kind of avoid crossing over into type 2 diabetes, you're really worried about your A1C and your blood glucose spikes, pendulum glucose control is the formulation for you. It's a clinical dose that has all of these hard-hitting lowering of A1C and blood glucose spikes that you will see. People report back to us. We used to give people free A1C testing when we first started yeah. because we really wanted to see, like, is it working? And now we advise people, like, get your A1C tested. And I think it's really important to know what you're you expect to get out of your probiotic and mm-hmm. and we have the money back guarantee. Like if you take this thing and you don't get those outcomes, we, we're not here to fleece you. We'll give you your money back. And so yep. that's if you have diabetes. If you are somebody who wants to just optimize your metabolic health and you want to met- metabolize your sugars and carbs better, we have metabolic daily. That is literally the exact same formulation as pendulum glucose control, but it's at a lower dose. So you don't have type 2 diabetes. You want to improve the way you're metabolizing sugars, though. That 
Metabolic Daily is for you. If you want just this single strain acromancia that we talked about earlier, because let's say maybe you've taken a gut test and your gut test came back and told you that you're low in acromancia, or you you realize like, oh, I have these issues that I think are associated with my gut lining and you just want to take that one strain. We also offer acromancia as a single strain. And so again, if you have a physician or a you know registered dietitian or somebody that you're working with on your gut health and your your whole nutrition system that's another person that you can ask for what's right for you but it's really about which problem you're trying to tackle Personally, I'm actually on pendulum glucose control because that's the one that I started with. It's got the highest dose, even though I don't have diabetes. But if I were starting now, I'd probably kick into metabolic daily because I think that's a great way to to, to get started. And it's safe for people to take the pendulum glucose control, even if they don't have diabetes, right? I just want to be clear for that for listeners. Yes, it is safe for anyone to take, even if you don't have diabetes. And it's really just a, a different dose, but it's still a safe dose for healthy people too. Awesome. And for those of you who are wondering what A1C is, I realize we should back up and talk about that too. Hemoglobin A1C is basically how much sugar is on your red blood cells over the course of about three months. So people use that to make a diagnosis of diabetes and also to track diabetes control, sugar control, because it's a more accurate view because it's a kind of wider lens, long-term lens versus looking at just what your sugar is today, after a meal, before a meal, that type of thing. So just so if people are wondering, what is this A1C thing? So if you're in the general population, you might've never had a hemoglobin A1C taken in your entire life, or maybe one time. Of course, if someone has diabetes, they have their hemoglobin A1Cs tested regularly. So that's what we're talking about, about the hemoglobin A1C drop. But that is a significant that's a significant difference. I mean, it is really true. The kids who are in my clinic who have hemoglobin A1Cs and they're 0.6 below that threshold for saying diabetes. I mean, that's the difference between we tell them, yep, go to a dietitian, keep on working on exercising and on eating healthily versus, yep, you get to go to the endocrinologist. You have a diagnosis of diabetes, time to get on the insulin. You know, I mean, it's a huge difference. So we're talking about significant scientific differences here. Yeah, thank you for for explaining the A1C number. And but I think at a at a high level, whenever we eat anything with sugar in it, and that even like regular food has some amount of sugar in it, the name of the game is for your body to metabolize that sugar as quickly as possible. Because when it doesn't do that, the sugar is literally just permeating through your entire body, hanging out, wreaking havoc on all of your organs, everywhere your bloodstream goes, that's where the sugar is going. And so we're constantly trying to figure out how do you enable your body to metabolize that sugar, get it to where it's actually going to provide benefit rather than just sort of floating around in your red blood blood cells going to all of your organs. And so this is the thing about why when your body is able to rein it in and get those sugars metabolized quickly, you feel so much better on all these different fronts. It's because you don't have all this sugar just kind of circulating in your body. You don't get this, you know, really big sugar high followed by this sugar crash because you're now a lot more regulated. Yeah. And because that sugar, if it doesn't get used, then it has to be stored somewhere. So it can be stored as fat, <laughs> right? So so that's a lot of times what makes it so that then we end up holding on to the sugar, then we end up holding up fat, have the more weight gain. So these things are all really scientifically based. You know, I always 
really hate it when people come out with like a new fad diet about like, oh, do this, do that, because we know the science already. We already know. It's very, very simple, actually, how our body uses foods, uses protein, uses fat, uses carbohydrates, and then what it does with those things when we have an excess in our bloodstream and the body needs to do something with it. So don't be fooled if people are talking about like crazy fad diets that seem like they're new because there's nothing new under the sun when it comes to that. There is something new under the sun we have now talked about for the last 30 minutes or so when it comes to optimizing the metabolism of those sugars and making it so your body can use them more efficiently. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think there's so much more to uncover around gut health. I think one one of the things that people are going to realize is over the next five to 10 years, there's going to be so much more that comes out around gut health. And it's not just actually about gee, I have GI distress or I have bloating. It's also about your metabolism, which is what we're focused on, but it's also about your immune response and your inflammation and even your brain function. And so I think it's an exciting time to be in the microbiome because it is, there's new science coming out every day. And we're, I mean, it's even a target now for Parkinson's disease. And so I just think there's just an explosion of knowledge coming out. And so I'm grateful to you for helping to bring some of this knowledge to to everybody and and help them understand because it is a challenge to keep up with it and to know what's true and what's fact and what's fiction. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So if people are listening to this episode, they want to find out more about you, they want to find out more about Pendulum, where should they go? We would love for you to come visit our website at pendulumlife.com. So pendulumlife.com will have all the products on there, but it also goes into the science. You can get access to clinical papers. You can guide your doctor to go to pendulumlife.com because we actually have a whole section, which is for healthcare professionals that really gives them all the information so that they can then help you understand from a clinician's point of view, how these products might benefit you. But if you just want to go buy the products, you can also buy them on Amazon. So pendulumlife.com or Amazon. And we actually have a special discount code for all of your listeners. So if you use Mommy20, you will get 20% off your first bottle of membership. So hopefully that helps people get jump started. Awesome. And how long should they expect once they start taking the product to see results, to feel different, to for it to be working within their system. So that way we set expectations appropriately for everybody. Well, it varies from person to person. It really has to do with what your starting microbiome is like. And if you're, you know, there's a lot to be gained or if you're, you know, there's only certain things that are, you're benefiting from. And so for some people, they can feel benefits as soon as a couple of days in. But what I tell people is sort of take a 90-day challenge because it actually, like if you were to totally change your diet right now and decide, oh, I'm going to become a vegetarian or I'm only going to do Mediterranean diet, it takes about eight to 12 weeks to really fully change your microbiome. We are not asking anybody to like change your diet or do some kind of a cleanse ahead of time. We're just saying, start taking the pills and it has to get into your ecosystem. It's like in your garden, when you plant something new, it depends on how crowded your garden is, whether that new thing is going to thrive or not. So it varies for, for different people, but I always say, give it 90 days. If you don't feel anything in 90 days, go off the product. Don't take things just to take them, but you should feel something within that period. And for some people it's, it's really fast. Yeah. I saw results within a week or two. So, and it was a tiny adjustment period, just to be honest, right? Like it took a second for my gut. My gut must've been really mad. (laughs) It was like, what are you doing? No, what are you doing? So it, it definitely was a small adjustment period, but nothing that was unreasonable. I was actually in Hawaii when I was doing it. So it didn't affect my vacation or anything like that, but it took a second 
But then I've absolutely seen results after that. Thank you so much, Colleen, for being here. You guys, again, it's pendulumlife.com. You can put mommy20, M-O-M-M-Y 20 for the 20% discount. I'll also put the link to Pendulum in our show notes and the discount code there too. Thank you all so much for joining us and we'll see you next time. Hey mama, if you want more of the Modern Mommy Doc podcast, make sure that you click subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. We'd also be so honored if you shared with your friends and on social media with the hashtag Modern Mommy Doc. If you share about something that inspired you or that you learned from the podcast, we'll be sure to share it on our social media as well. Thanks for listening.